are all a part of a family. And as a part of that family, not only do we need to have spiritual strength, but we have to understand that there is this integration of all the aspects of our life. There's the spiritual health, our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, and our relational help, health, and also our families becoming extremely healthy. I believe in each of our meetings that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. As last week we were talking about something that you were very excited about, about having bodies that are healthy, taking care of the one and only body that has been given to us. And so we want to focus today specifically on this understanding about our soul and how we can be healthy in our soul. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, everyone here? Yeah. Verse number 23, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, make you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, body, be kept flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Uh, the apostle now kind of gives us an in-depth understanding that we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And what he is saying is that there needs to be this healthy spiritual component in every part of your life. The Bible says in 3 John chapter 1, or, or just verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, when you look at the screen here, you see that we are spirit and our soul, and most theologians believe that the soul consists of our minds, of our will, and our emotions. And the one that we're most often kind of lean to is speaking almost about our emotions as they're really not that good. It's almost like, yeah, I have them, but I wish I didn't. And especially when you hear speakers over the years always speak in regard to our emotions negatively, it's like, well, 
You know, love is a decision. Yeah, that's true. But love is about your emotions. And if it's not about your emotions, maybe you're into artificial intelligence and maybe maybe you're not maybe you're not a real person in fact we have one of these creatures here that came to church this morning and maybe maybe you have disregarded your emotions under some higher state of spirituality like yeah I sure did away with that. Let me remind you this morning that the devil did not give you your emotions. Actually, our emotions, like our minds, are a gift from God. And our emotions literally give us the ability to feel so that when we come to a worship service, we're not just standing there like, wow, they sang. It is about coming and we have the joy of beginning to feel a gift given to us by God. We begin to feel the presence of the Lord. And... When we are healthy, we can see our emotional life be more dominant and that our emotional life is what gives us the passion for what is right and good. So that when we are doing something that's right, we don't do it by rote. There's a dynamic there there are emotions that are behind that, and they're sanctified unto God. They are healthy, and in your family, you're not simply having artificial intelligence. You actually are real, and your home becomes a place where it's conducive to talk, to express how you're feeling, and that our mission is not to strut around telling everybody what to do. Well, well, before the tell, there's a recognition. This is my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, and we are related and we communicate and we express our emotions and we love each other because love, yeah, I know, it's a decision, but let me remind you, it is more than a decision, it is a feeling you experience. My wife and I celebrate 20 years on Wednesday. Amen. I love you. Now, 
I, I want to talk about something we never talk about in church. In fact, I've never really heard anyone kind of think about this. What we have right now, from all I read, understand, and, and what is happening uh, in our families, that uh, what is happening is that anger, the emotion of anger, is out of control. And one writer said, unresolved anger is one of the leading factors in the destruction of marriage and breakdown of families. So we have this emotion that should be healthy and, and joyous and happy. But even in our, in our Christian homes, when we have uh, counseling and things that we're dealing with the family, there's this, there's this tsunami of anger that is being unleashed Sometimes it's from fathers or mother or children or aunt or an uncle. And we don't really understand anger. Uh, anger in itself is not a sin. In fact, in Mark chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus comes into the synagogue and he is there, and these big religious guys are like this because they say he's going to do a miracle on the Sabbath. And the Bible says that Jesus looked over at these judgmental guys, and the Bible says he was angry. And then the Bible says that he had this ability not only to be angry because you ought to be angry at injustice. When someone does something wrong, it's not wrong to be angry because that's a sign. That's not right. Still here? Somebody almost kills you on the highway and you're like angry for a moment. It's a wake-up call. Now, that doesn't mean you give them a non-Christian hallelujah. <laughs> but that's normal. It's a wake-up call. And the Bible says to us in Ephesians chapter 4, and i like us to read verse 26 and 27. Read it out loud. But don't let the, verse 26, yes, right there, everybody, okay. Verse 26, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not for even a day. Verse 27, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil. Another translation says, in your anger, do not, be, do not sin. I don't have to probably define that line. You know when that happens. It's interesting that he identifies anger as one of the main openings that the devil comes in to our lives. It's an open door. When we open the door by our anger, 
The Bible says we let this slanderous accuser, the devil, come in. And that says to us how dangerous the anger, not anger, the anger of sin, when a person in discussing something begins to scream and rail and have a number of non-Christian adjectives, anger has entered the room. How many kind of grew up in a home where you saw quite a bit of anger? Throw up a hand if you would. A lot of anger? Go ahead. It's okay. This is the 9 o'clock service. Saw a lot of anger. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. A couple of us. And the Bible here says, and, and by the way, he's not writing here to drug dealers or gang members. He's writing here to believers in this big church in Ephesus. And he said, hey, you fine worshiping believers, you Christian-looking sons and daughters of the king, hey, I want to remind you of something that's subtly taking place in your emotions, and that is anger. And he said, don't let that passion come out. Now, the question we ask today, how is it that we're able to manage and have self-control, not only of our thoughts, but how do I manage my emotions where my emotions are controlled? What do I have available to me and access to that if I fully understood that, I would know that when I begin in that direction, I have help. And specifically, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And one of the dynamics of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is there giving us the ability to have control. And specifically here, it's control or management of my emotions. When I allow the slander to come in, I believe there can even be a spirit of anger, and you have to come against that spirit in the name of Jesus and drive it out so that the Holy Spirit is able to take our emotions and we're able to, to feel he doesn't say it's a sin to feel anger. When there's injustice, we better feel something. That's why Pastor Jim is headed over there to Thailand. I'm sure he has an anger when he goes over there and sees the prostitutes on every corner. But we stand up and we say, now, wait a minute. I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I have access that I'm not going to be out of control. 
And the more I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit in my life and I'm allowing the Word of God to become real in my heart, then I can't become a man. You become a woman. You become a parent that is able to at times feel anger because of injustice, but there's a Holy Spirit. You're a Holy Spirit container, and the Holy Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to get ourselves under control even when our children would try to destroy our peace and our happiness, and we're reminded just before we lose our minds that the Holy Spirit is with us, hallelujah, and he will take care of us and that he will watch over us so that we're not angry. It's interesting, a book by Dr. Colbert says there are health consequences with anger. So he says it affects our bodies. So if my emotions are full of anger, now he says your body increases the cortisol, then your triglycerides go up, and he says it actually will cause heart problems and high blood pressure. And maybe he's saying here, be cool. Don't allow some driver or some child or some wayward believer to make you lose your sanctification but manage, smile, sometimes just remain silent and say to yourself, hallelujah, God is good, Holy Spirit, I don't want to kill this person, help me right now, and the Holy Spirit will come and he will touch you Someone say amen. 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 Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for your revenge, not for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. When we have healthy emotions, we have feelings of love. When we have healthy emotions, there's a sense of joy and there's a sense of happiness. I, I literally, I don't think I've ever met a person in my whole life that has been more of a model to me and in fact she should be speaking on the next segment of the talk here this morning and that's my wife Judith. Uh, you don't see her in the morning uh, but I, I don't think I've ever met a person can actually get up and actually be happy. She does have to have her 
coffee within a few minutes, but she, uh, she just has a happy spirit. I've had people come to me and say over the years, some people that knew, knew me at Calvary, and they said, boy, you've really changed. And then I wish they wouldn't say this, but they make reference to since you married Judith. And uh, there probably is a lot of truth in that because if you're around people, you become like them. And so I analyze her, and I see her in all kinds of situations, and somehow she just, and I'm sure you see her out in the halls here, and she's smiling, and uh, that, that's not a Sunday deal. Uh, she's actually like that on Mondays. And uh, she personifies what I think when the Bible talks about Proverbs 17:22, when it simply says, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. Hallelujah. I mean, what would happen if we had, if we come back to our table and we're able to have some healthy emotions around the table, and maybe, maybe, there's, maybe there's even laughter. Maybe, there, maybe there's a lightness of spirit where you begin to, of course, you've taken, you don't let any social media within 50 yards of the table, and if you are doing that, then that's an aberrant behavior. But if you are meeting with your family, and it may be an aunt, an uncle, your grandfather, grandmother, whatever part of your family or wherever you are, I'm suggesting that the atmosphere change, and you come back to your table and say, how are we doing life? What, what is happening? Do I have a cheerful, happy heart? Do I actually emit from my emotions the joy of the Lord? The old line in the Bible is still true. The joy, say that word, joy, you said it with great enthusiasm, joy. The Bible says the joy, not of my day. The Bible says the joy of the Lord. Not my joy because it got a pay raise only. Not because someone scrubbed the floor. No, he says the joy of the Lord gives you something. When I'm joyful, when you're joyful, the Bible says you're stronger. And when you're stronger, you fight better against all the principalities and the powers of hell. And when you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, and there's some here this morning, I heard as I was coming in the word depression. In your Emotions, depression has set in. I believe there is a categorical hopelessness that is over people that 
day in the nation, in the church, out of the church. And we're here this morning to break those kinds of emotions, to find healing. And if you have damaged emotions and the source of much anger is not simply it just happened, it's something has happened, you've had someone hurt you, it's about hearts being broken and you still have this, this sickness of unforgiveness in your soul and in fact, anger is not an act in itself. It's a reaction to brokenness in your heart. And you'll probably have it till you die, until you know what it is. It's like if you ever get a thorn in your finger or something, you can't hardly see it, but it's there. And if you don't get the thorn out, it's going to still hurt. But if you get the thorn out of your finger, then it can heal. And there are some here this morning... You're so broken, your natural response is to be angry. Even when somebody says, this is the day the Lord has made. You get mad because the Bible says, I'll rejoice. You don't want to rejoice. You want to be angry. You feel better when you're angry. Well, get over it. Let it go. Decide today. And I don't want to make something simplistic that actually is something big. But you take you make the choice. And the thing is, if you have anger, you are discipling other people. And when you're angry and those kids hear it, then the kids get angry. And then everyone is angry. And then your fruit is what you don't like. But people become like us. We rub off on people. And we have to take a stand today that we're not getting by. But God has a great vision for our family. And maybe your kids are gone and off, and maybe that makes you happy. But still, they're your kids. And in your family, you have a family until you die. And I'm talking about your family. And they may be in Chicago or wherever they are. I'm talking about your family and you can come back to the table if they're in Chicago and decide, listen, I am going to have spiritual health. However, I'm also going to have emotional health. And I'm going to be able to be healthy that the passion that I have for my spiritual health flows through me. And when I am with my family or wherever I am, there is a health that is happening inside of me. I am healthy. Hallelujah. I'm healthy. And when we come in here and we begin to rejoice and we begin to be glad and we begin to enjoy ourselves in the Lord and the Holy Spirit begins to flow in us and through us. And the more I'm spiritually developing and I'm, I'm developing my strength in the Lord and I'm, I'm getting myself under control and I'm finding myself that I am full of the Holy Spirit. And the more I'm full of the Holy Spirit, it's not primarily for a service. Holy Spirit is when you're in your living room and you're at your table of family life, and the pressure is on you that you stand up as a man of God. 
a spiritual tower of strength. I like to tell you off. I like to do terrible things. You remind yourself, I am a Christian. I am full of the Holy Spirit. I have the fire of the Spirit. And the Bible says in verse 19 of 1 Thessalonians 5, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Damage, emotions are being healed. Principalities are coming down. The fire of the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Spirit. I love this. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't block joy. You can block your friends on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Don't block joy. You're just about as happy as you want to be, someone used to say. And every day, you have to choose joy. Hallelujah. You got to look in the mirror, ladies, and not only check your makeup and get it right. Keep doing that. However, look in that mirror and look at your face. Leonard Kong is in business working with hotels. He spoke to our team here on interacting with people and he said this what is your resting face what do people feel when they greet you take a picture while you're putting on your makeup of your face some people have a sad face some people have a confused look and some people never look at you they look down at the ground. Well, check your face out. Because when your face meets the face of another person, you're doing something that is powerful. It's like a baby. When that baby is born and the mother father looks in the face of the baby with their face and smiles this is called attunement and there's something connects connects there and it's about our face and so something is powerful when you pay attention to someone when you look at them with your face and you listen to them and you understand where they are, remember, it's not just about eye contact. 
It is about us validating their feelings. It is about us validating and understanding what is happening in their life. Every person in this room, including myself, wants to be understood. And people are dying for someone to understand them. We're so quick to tell them what to do rather than listening, validating, and affirming them and loving them. There's one thing I learned early on with our kids, two girls, that when they were upset, I was not going to scream and tell them whatever. When they were upset, the alarm went off in my mind. Wait, listen. And I looked them right in the eyes. Jackie, Banji. I let them talk as long as they wanted to talk. Sometimes it was too long. <laughs> I so desperately wanted to set them straight. And the Holy Spirit would say, no, ask them what they're feeling. We're so spiritual, we think, well, I don't care what you're feeling, praise God. Well, God can do everything, stop. Don't be religious. That's not the answer most of the time. Overly spiritual. Well, God can stop. We're not talking about what God can do. We're talking about how you feel. And there are people in this room, no one is listening to you, and no one understands you, and when someone be, you begin to tell someone about how you feel, they cut it off, and what do you feel inside? You feel like, ooh. We're so spiritual to come out with our God can and there are times you don't say what God can do. You listen to a person's emotions. You feel with them. Our feeling is not given to us by the devil. Our feeling is a gift from God. And we listen to them. And we validate them. And we value them. Until they're healed. Probably many here that are in this room... Your emotions are damaged. I'm here to say that Jesus is the healer. I'm here today to say not only is he the healer of our physical body, he is the healer of our inner life where he can touch our emotions and he can make us whole. Hallelujah. Often you can't be happy and joyful until you're healed. It's like someone who fell and hurt their, their leg or something. You say, well, run, run. They can't run. They need nurturing. They need somebody to help. Don't be so religious.
feel like the Lord just wants to put his hand on your emotions and pull down heaven and say, hey, I know what you went through as a child. I know what they did to you. Sometimes if we talk that through, God brings healing and the joy becomes powerful in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to get back to the table in our families and let God move in a new way. Hallelujah. I believe that the revival that is uh, underway, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit will be different than any revival because I believe there's going to be a move of God of inner healing. Inner healing of our emotions, inner healing of our will, inner healing of our minds, healing of our memories until I'm whole, spirit, soul, and body. And then when the world sees you, they say, my goodness, what happened to her? And it doesn't matter what you've been through. The Holy Spirit has been through you and made you better. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on someone praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I have to read this verse in every service. <laughs> this is what I will do in the last days. Verse 17, Acts 2. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will not just come upon us the Holy Spirit will work through us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, he's gonna, he's gonna show himself so big, so strong. Who is like the Lord God Almighty? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We pull down heaven, we pull down heaven. When heaven comes down, all the enemies have to flee. And some of you, you haven't been able to get up because of things that have happened. And there's some lady over here in this area, right over here. There's, you're almost like in a coma. You're like this. You've been going on for year after year. You, you can't break out. Well, today it's 9 o'clock in the service. And we're going to hit this song, and this song's going to hit you. I don't know who you are over there, but it's almost like you've got this thing all over you. And we're not, listen, we're not having these services to, to leave here the way we came in. I came this morning to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God's going to do something, something great. Hit it. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it.
I sense the Holy Spirit inviting people to come and be touched in their hearts. Inner healing. I'm going to ask you to come stand here and pray for you. Whatever you need prayer. May, may not be anyone here this morning, but I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. If there's one person, I'm going to pray for you. This is not another just, we're going to pray. Please do not come just to come. This is not, well, we're having another prayer. This is, there are emotions and inner things that are going to be healed here, like in minutes. I want you just to come and stand and present yourself. There are couples that maybe need to come. And don't be religious, okay? Don't be religious. We've been married for 40 years. We'll wait. Let's wait a moment. Sometimes you have to humble yourself and say, I need help. Wherever you are. Is there anyone else? A lot more that are going to come. Let's just wait a minute. Just stop playing for a minute. We're going to wait. It's not another meeting. Please do not come unless the Holy Spirit tells you to come. But if, if the Holy Spirit tells you to come, I don't care if you're a leader of this church, a small group leader, and the Holy Spirit says, you come down here. I'm believing for every person that ought to be here is here. I went over this message over and over and over again. I almost didn't talk about emotions because I didn't want to. I didn't know how to. One line. I'm going to ask Judy to come also. Anyone else? I want to come down and pray and I want some of our team members to get behind each of these friends here. And then they're going to worship for a moment. And whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will tell you what it is. And if you need to re uh, forgive someone, the Holy Spirit will bring that person to you. It may, you don't need to forgive anybody. You've already done it. And now you're just coming and say, Jesus, heal me. Is there anyone else in the room? This is a marked day where the Holy Spirit is going to touch us, heal us. Is there anyone else that needs to come? There's several people. You've been through two or three divorces. You're down on yourself. You're condemning yourself. And the Holy Spirit says, this is not a time to condemn yourself. That's the devil. This is not condemnation. This is liberating, healing, it's the power of Christ, in Jesus' name. And we wait. So I don't want any person that needs to be down here not receive a healing from, G from, Jean uh, from Jesus. 
So they're gonna praise God for a couple of minutes. Judy and I are just gonna go down. Those that are behind some of these friends, you're gonna lay hands on them. I'm gonna anoint everyone as, as we lay our hands on you. Just believe the main thing is to have faith. You've come, you've, you've stepped out. This is pretty courageous. So we're gonna start over here. And all of you that are in the room, let's just, let's focus on Jesus. It's just like worship for a moment. And you keep praying for people. Hallelujah. How many are with us this morning? Would you just say yes? Hallelujah. Just, now you just keep praising God. Hallelujah. We're gonna start over here. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name.
while our heads are bowed for just a moment, uh, how many in the room have been uh, really fighting depression and like a heaviness over you? Uh, just throw up a hand. Let me just see depression, heaviness on you. Yeah, put up a hand. Yeah, depression. A lot of hands. Uh, we break the spirit of depression in the name of Jesus, a spirit of heaviness. Uh, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And you said you give us this uh, a spirit of joy for the spirit of heaviness, a spirit of rejoicing. Uh, so everyone lift your hands. Now we're going to just begin to thank him, begin to praise him. Uh, this is the moment to thank him for the healing. Come on, lift your hands, begin to praise him. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Come on, come on. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. For the Lord would say to you, have I not chosen you? Have I not called you? Have I not anointed you? The Lord would say, do not allow the accuser to tell you who you are. Do not allow him to remind you of your past but remind him of his future. For I have called you, I have blessed you, I have declared you righteous. Your sins have been forgiven and you are to rejoice and to be glad 
And the Lord says, as you leave here this day, you leave as a different person. And lift your, your hands during the day, and you say, hallelujah, and bless the Lord. For this is a new season. This is a new time for your family, your home, and your life. Continue to rebuke what the devourer is trying to do. And rise up, for you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. And you cannot cower. But he says, rise up, mighty warrior. Rise up in the power of the Spirit. Rise up and see that I will bring about great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord for his goodness. Let's praise the Lord for his goodness. Let's praise the Lord for his goodness. You might be here this morning and you say, listen, I need to be forgiven of, our, of my sins. And we're going to dismiss in one minute. But if you're here today, this is a congregation that believes in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your past does not define your future, but he is willing to forgive your sin. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, listen, Alex, I need to be forgiven of my sins, and I want to do that today. And if that's you, I don't, whatever you've done, Jesus is our Savior. Hallelujah. That's you. Maybe you're away from God. Throw up a hand and say, pray for me. Put it up wherever you are. Put it up. I need Jesus. Put it up wherever you are. Yes, yes. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. If you raised your hand, come right now. And we're going to pray over you in the name of Jesus. Come right now. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Yes. Who else? Who else? Anyone else need Jesus? Anyone else need Jesus? Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Somebody else needs to come. Do it. Don't go home with your, with your sin. Leave it here at the church. Give it to Jesus. Don't, don't, don't go home with your sin. Yes, yes. Come, 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 come. Come. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Three, come into Jesus. Pray this prayer. Jesus, then. Pray this prayer, and Pastor Jeff will take you to the side and Chris and give you a Bible. Pray it, everybody. Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer. You're in the family. God bless you.